as we talk about prayer, I want to talk about getting God's attention. And Psalm 50, 5 to 15 is the verses I'd like to read uh, to you today. Psalm 50, 5 to 15. Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens, for all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Keep the vows that you've made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. May the Lord add his blessings to his word this morning. Well, I want to share with you about getting God's attention, doing things that God takes note of. That will bring us into a position where he will hear us and where he will give us favor. And I know that all of us at times, we kind of wonder, do I really have God's attention? Or sometimes we go through those moments where we wonder, you know, is God really listening uh, to what I'm saying or what I'm praying? Or does he even notice what's going on in my life right now? And, you know, sometimes that's a feeling that arises out of frustration uh, because of we're, we are going through some things, or we're looking for a response in prayer that we've kind of decided this is how the prayer should be answered, and God might be choosing to answer it a different way. We sometimes, you know, get that place and frustration when we say, God, are you hearing me? Are you listening? Do you see what is going on in my life? But what do I need to do to get your attention? And that can sometimes be a common cry for many of us, especially when we're going through trying times or difficult times. And it's interesting, as you read the Psalms, you'll find that the Psalms is very much like you and I. That's one of the reasons why I love to read the Psalms, because as I read there, you identify with the psalmist. And you will see often as you read the Psalms that the Psalms was very frustrated at things that would go on in life and wondering why God wasn't answering or why God maybe in his mind was not paying attention but it was always interesting as you read those they always came back to the end to realize but God you have been watching yes God you have been listening and that my hope is turning back to you and see God works in ways that we don't always see he knows our future he knows our beginning from the end he knows how things are going to work out so he has a perspective and knowledge that we don't have and that is why God tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. We don't always understand his ways, but we can be confident that he will work things out for our good. Somehow, some way, God's going to be glorified through our lives and even through the battles that we go through. Still, there are some things we can do to position ourselves to better receive from the Lord and to better get that attention from God. And, and God does encourage us to press in there, to uh, put effort in those attempts to get his attention. You know, a very common 
uh, verse that maybe comes to your mind as they did to mine, Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door is going to be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone knocks, the door will be open. And so even though we have God's attention, he does tell us that there are things that we can do that we might receive that might open that door of favor even more. And that was part of the testimony here that Clayton was sharing as well. And that's what I want to encourage you on this morning is that there are some ways that we can uh, you know, cry out to God that brings us to a place where there's a greater favor over our lives and bring us into a place where blessings can indeed come and happen in our lives. And the first part of that is basically what we just did. Uh, bring your offerings. The giving of offerings can really get God's attention. It can cause God to want to pour out more blessings in our lives. Psalm 55 says, Bring my faithful people to me, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Now, in the Old Testament, they would often uh, offer animals to be burned. And you would go to the temple, and uh, outside the temple where, where the money changers are supposed to be, not up in the temple, but outside the temple. And there you would go, and you'd bring your money, and you would uh, go to that person, and you would buy a bull, you would buy a goat, you would buy a sheep or doves, whatever the offering that you need to do. So you would bring your monies to them, you would pay for the uh, animal, and then you would bring that to the priest, and it would be sacrificed. And besides that, they also had other offerings like grain or produce and also monetary uh, offerings. And all those things were considered rather normal uh, for the people of Israel at that time. Now, for us today, we are obviously not offering bulls or goats. As the Bible tells us that Jesus was our perfect sacrificial lamb. Uh, they were done looking forward to a day when the perfect sacrifice would be given, and Jesus Christ was that perfect sacrifice. He satisfied the holiness of God, and therefore we don't have to bring those types of offerings anymore. But we're still to bring other types of offerings, and such as uh, ones that continue are the monetary offerings that we are to bring before God, such as tithes, offerings, and they are a covenant act that we still should be uh, abiding by. And as you read the scriptures, you know, we, we, we shouldn't find it hard to talk about money because in the Bible, God talks about money quite a bit and talks about offerings quite a bit. And uh, as you read throughout the Bible and even get into the New Testament, there's a lot of reference uh, there by Jesus himself and also by the apostles uh, about giving uh, in such areas like tithing or almsgiving, giving to the poor, uh, sacrificial giving, generous giving. Matter of fact, the New Testament is often noted for the generous church. And so a church that's even above a tithe and offering, but a church that's very generous and that blesses others. And it's interesting as you read Scripture, and, you know, just as we did here this morning, um, I've been kind of liking that of just, you know, bringing that to God placing in our mind that we're bringing something. And if you could get in your mind of the burnt sacrifice that used to be out, they would bring that altar, they'd bring those gifts to the altar, put it on the altar, and, and there they would, you know, uh, speak those words of prayer or ask God for forgiveness. And 
it would be a burning sacrifice, a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto God. Well, it's interesting that the Bible says uh, that in Philippians uh, uh, 4, verse 18, that our offerings, when we bring our offerings before the Lord, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Now, we often don't think of that. We, you know, we just bring our offerings, you know, where we send them in. And you need to realize that that is like we're offering an actual ram or, or a, a bull, and its smoke is going up in the heavenlies, and it's something that's pleasing to God. And so this morning, you are giving an offering that you could not see uh, in the natural, but it was a sweet-smelling sacrifice going up to God. I think that's kind of cool. Now, we, we may not offer those burnt offerings today, but that aroma can still go up to God through our giving of our gifts and our offerings. Um, Clayton already referred to the passage of Scripture in Malachi 3.10 of bringing all your tithes in the storehouse so there will be food in my temple. And, and, if you, and if you do, says the Lord of heart, I'm going to open the windows of heaven for you. I'm going to pour out a blessing. So great for you, you won't have room to take it in. Put me to the test. And, and that is a great way to do as well. You know, take a step out in the area of giving. See what God will do. And I know there's many, many people here that can testify uh, off that, how God has blessed them, even though you're giving out. And it's a, it does become an issue of trust with God when you, you step out in those areas. But God says he will bless us. And God has made a way where there'd be no lack in any house of God. And if we all do our part, you know, the house of God, all the needs will be met. And as he sees that, he wants to bless us. So it's interesting that as we give and just do what, you know, God calls us to do, he's saying, I'm going to bless you when you're doing that. Now, there's all kinds of verses that we could talk about giving and, and how it moves the hand of God. Um, New Testament, as I said, it raises the bar because people gave amazingly uh, in the New Testament. You know, you hear stories of people and their generosity uh, when they were going through drought, uh, when they were going uh, through economic turndowns, that some people, they just don't know, we're going to give. We're going to bless other people. And we saw that some people would give their land. Uh, some people would give their houses. Uh, on a few occasions, people gave all that they had uh, to God. I love the story uh, of the widow that gave two small coins in the Bible. Because sometimes, you know, we, we get the thought, well, you know, I can only give this. And I know that person over here who's maybe more wealthier, they can give a whole lot more. God doesn't look at the amount. He look, kind of looks at what's left over. And the Bible talks about this lady that came and she gave two small coins and Jesus was watching that. And he told the disciples after, this lady gave more than all the others because she gave all that she had. And I realize that everyone here has been giving offerings here. They are much appreciated, and we do thank you. Uh, we do have a great giving church. We have a, a great giving community, actually. Uh, very blessed by how our community responds to a number of things that happen in our world. And so we do have a generous community here. Uh, we are blessed uh, by that. And uh, that also kind of goes in statistics as well. It talks about the greatest givers in all in Canada, per capita, are rural Albertans. That's a pretty neat thing that speaks of us, that the best givers in all of Canada are found in rural Alberta. That's a pretty cool thing. Uh, but our giving gets God's attention. 
and God sees, uh, as we, sees us as we respond to that. He sees our sacrifices. And I know there's people here that have given sacrificially. Uh, you had a testimony here, actually, uh, of young man Clayton talking about they've given sacrificially. Uh, there's people that give thank offerings uh, where they're, they're looking to the Lord and, and God has done some great things in their lives and so they give a thank offering to God and say, God, I just want to say thank you because this door opened for me. I was blessed. And so, God, I just want to bless you back. Sometimes people come and they give an offering in anticipation that a blessing is coming uh, their way or a breakthrough is going to happen. And so there's a lot of uh, different ways that people do give. And uh, we really do appreciate that you folks here are a generous uh, people. You have been noted uh, for your generosity. Uh, many other speakers that have come through here, you have blessed speakers throughout the years. And I really believe there are blessings yet to come in response to your generosity, especially in years uh, past. Uh, I don't know if you can remember years back that we had uh, an individual here and they took up an offering and somehow, some way, $25,000 came in that Sunday. Kind of blew us all away uh, that that could come. But we, we thank you. I believe there's a lot of areas where we have blessed our community. We Remember, uh, we used to do all those free barbecues. We used to give away free bikes. Uh, we're still, you know, donating and helping to different areas in our community. Uh, Christmas time and those boxes. So, so we like to do things to bless people. And this church has been very faithful in doing that. And I really believe that we can expect to see a response from God from all the generosity that we've done, not just now, but also throughout the years. But there's another important part about an offering. Most times when we think of an offering, we think uh, of monetary value. But God has another offering that is far greater than a monetary value. And he tells us that the greatest gift, the greatest sacrifice that you can give is actually not your money, but it's yourself. Romans 12, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. You know, yes, our offerings of money can help to get God's attention, but the greatest sacrifice, the greatest offering you can give is yourself. And an amazing thing happens when you give yourself. You give yourself to God, all the other things just seem to fall into place. They really do. And that's what God wants most from us. As far as an offering or a sacrifice, first and foremost, he wants you. God desires fellowship, relationship with you. So keep that in mind as we bring our offerings and as we commit ourselves into the Lord. A second way revealed here in this psalm that gets God's attention is a giving of thanks. Psalm 50, 14, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Psalm 50, 23, at the very end of that psalm says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. And again, when we bring offerings before God and sacrifices before God, when we're doing praise and we're doing worship, do you realize that that is a sacrifice? Again, think of the Old Testament models that you're giving something that gives an aroma unto God. And thanksgiving is an offering that God really does desire. Our thankfulness, you know, in the form of praise, appreciation, uh, worship, 
really does move the hand of God. And it's one of the reasons why all churches normally start out their services with praise and worship, because that's something that's important to God. And we recognize that as we worship, as we give our thanks unto God, that it does open up the heavens, does prepare the ground for God to speak to us and move in our midst. And so that's important to us. And, you know, just like when we think of thankfulness, every one of us, you know, God God is, well, we were created in his image, right? So we all have that longing to hear sometimes those words, thank you. Uh, Most times we do a lot of things in life. Even as parents, you do a lot of things in life. Don't always hear the words thank you that often. But you know what? We all appreciate it when we do, right? And so does God. God appreciates that when we take the time to say thank you. Hearing thanks can then act as a motivating factor to bless us even more. And there's lots of areas in our lives that, you know, we can give thanks for. Uh, To me, one of the big ones uh, over these past few years has been health. If you have been having good health, you should be thanking God. You should be offering up thanks unto God for your health because there's been a lot of people that have not had good health over these past years. And so that should be a big one. Uh, I know personally for myself, I, I try to practice that as much as possible to thank them in the small things and in the big things. Uh, even this morning as I was praying and had my time of devotions with God this morning and I look around my house, I say, Lord, I want to thank you for my house. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful that I have this house to live in. Uh, I'm thankful that we can be in here. And I'm thankful for that. When I get in my vehicle, you might be surprised at this, but when I get in my vehicle, I say, Lord, I want to thank you uh, that I have the privilege, that I have this vehicle, that, uh, Lord, that I enjoy. And, and I thank you so much uh, just that I have this vehicle. And, and so in all areas of life, God wants us to give thanks. And as you give thanks, it opens the door that even more blessings can come our way. So thanksgiving is important. It's really, the Bible says it's a proper way that we should be approaching God in the very first place. Uh, Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. Notice it doesn't say, make sure the worship team is there Sunday morning to lead you in praise. It said, no, you're to come and enter So as soon as you come through those doors, you're to prepare yourself and ready yourselves that I am here to worship the Lord. I'm not going to wait until Cynthia and the team, you know, they get me all stirred up and and then I'm going to finally worship. No, you walk through those doors and you're already there. God, I am here today and I am ready to worship you. And that's important. It really is. And it does act as a stimulus uh, that gets God's attention. And, and so often you, you, you sometimes see, see that, that people begin to weep, people begin to cry, uh, people begin to, to see things and experience things with God uh, just through a time of worship. And, and those are value, those are important, and God wants to see that offering of thankfulness, even above what we just gave in a monetary value. God wants to see thankfulness on your part. So thanksgiving is a very... Uh, important thing uh, for us. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I kind of like the, new, uh, the King James Version a little bit better. With thanksgiving, 
present your requests to God. That's what God is looking forward to from us. Present your request before God with thanksgiving. Begin to thank him. Lord, I just thank you. I look back at my past, God, how you've intervened in my life, how you've blessed me, how you've come through in times past. When you start praying, that gives faith to believe for those same things to happen again and for greater things. So present your request to God with thanksgiving because it's a doorway into God's presence that really opens up where God desires to bless us and even give us more. And so thankfulness is important. It's an offering, he says, that truly honors him. So he really looks for that from us, that we would come before him with thankfulness in our hearts. And then a third way we can get God's attention in this psalm, it talks about the response of obedience, where we choose to obey and live for God. Psalm 50, 14, and then at the end as well, it says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you've made to the Most High. And then it goes on in verse 23, if you keep to my path, I will re reveal to you the salvation of God. Our efforts towards walking in the path of God that God has for is very important. We need to walk in His ways, His pathway, being obedient to His Word. I know today we, we live in a society where everyone wants to do what they think is right in their own eyes. And we can see the mess that we are doing in society right now because people are out there and they're convinced that their way is better than your way and everyone's all over the map. We need to get back to the place where we follow what the Word of God says. And if we've made vows to God or promises to God, then we need to keep them. You know, sometimes you need to be careful in making promises that you can't keep. Uh, God is looking for people that will keep their promises and that will honor Him by obedience to His Word. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, I, I've done enough. I guess, Clayton, you did a great job here this morning, you know, kind of talking about, you know, I, I went to church, you know, I, I did singing, I, I did worship, uh, you know, I, I gave thanks and, and all those kinds of things. But if you really want his attention, what God is looking for beyond that is our obedience. He just wants you to be obedient. Just be obedient. Listen to what God said to King Saul through the prophet Samuel. Saul thought that he could appease God by bringing an offering, a sacrifice. And listen to the words of Samuel the prophet to him, uh, 1 Samuel 15, 22. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. What gets God's attention? Offerings can, or thankfulness can. But God says something that's above that, again, is obedience. Will you obey me? We don't often think of that as an offering unto God, that in our daily lives, just living for God, that's, again, that's an offering to God that he's pleased with. He's pleased with that. He wants to see that, that we would walk in his ways. He looks for people who are obedient to him, who will listen to his voice. Even Jesus made that very clear. John 14, if you read the whole chapter, we'll just read verse 15 and 21. It says, if you love me, Jesus says, then obey my commandments. 
Then in 21, he says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Every time you step out in a right way with God, there's always a blessing that comes back upon you. And once again here, as we are obedient to the Lord, God says, we're going to have some good fellowship. I'm going to begin to bless you. So obedience is a huge door that gets God's attention. It's more important than what we think. And yes, our offerings, our, our praises can be very moving to God. But what he's really looking for is, are you obedient? Are you obedient to my voice? Are you obedient? 1 John 3, 24 says, Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them, and we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. There's a relationship that happens there. So don't underestimate your obedience to getting God's attention. It really is important. It really is. And then lastly in this psalm, in getting God's attention, God tells us to simply call on him, to pray, to look to him. The best way to get God's attention really is call on him. Talk to God. Begin to trust him for the things that are happening in your life. Psalm 50, 15, then call on me. When you are in trouble, I will rescue you and you will give me glory. Because he's going to do some great things. And when he does great things, what happens? We start responding, giving him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. You know, sometimes we kind of get in that mode where we're guilty of panicking. Uh, and times of trouble, sometimes any. Sometimes they do that myself, kind of a panic mode, kind of hits you. And in those times, we have a choice to make. Uh, we can allow that fear and that insecurity to hinder us or rule our decision making, or we can press through and say, God, I am going to trust you. And sometimes you got to say that openly. You know, sometimes we like to say our prayers, you know, silently, and, and that's okay, that's wonderful. But there's sometimes you need to just speak out audibly. Uh, maybe not the best thing to do if you're in a class or at work, but uh, when you have those private times uh, with God that you actually speak those out and, and say, God, I am going to trust you. I am afraid right now. Lord, I, I'm feeling all these fears are coming against me. God, I am going to stand in your word today, and I believe that you are able, that you are going to intercede in my life. And, and, and so that's a great thing to do because you're showing that your trust is in God. You know, and God wants to see that. You know, God doesn't want us to be last choice. He wants to be our first choice. He wants to be that person that we call on first. You know, sometimes we do it the wrong way. We make our decisions, and then we ask God to bless our decision. Well, sometimes that's not always right. And we need to look at, God, what do you think? God, what would you have me to do? And to listen for his voice to guide you and to direct you and to lead you, because that's what he really wants to do. He wants us to call on him. And, and, you know, all through Scripture, it tells us that if you will call on him, he will answer you. He really will. I'm, I'm going to mention a few Scriptures here that are very familiar to everybody. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and restore their land. What does Canada need right now? It needs to call on the name of the Lord again. It really does. That's what we all need to do. Call 
on him. And as you call on him, you do get his attention. And he invites us to do so. You know, there are many invitations in Scripture where God's inviting. He says, look, go ahead and ask me. Come on. Go ahead and ask. Matthew 11, 28, 30, another one of my favorites. Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear. And that burden I give you is light. He's inviting us, come, come, call on me, call on me. I'm going to bring that peace in your life that you're looking for if you'll just simply call on me. Revelations 3.20, another favorite, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we're going to share a meal together as friends. And really, that's talking to the whole church and saying to us as a church, listen, as God knocks, open the door. And he says, I'll come in, and we're going to have a fellowship time for everybody. It's going to be a great thing. I love those scriptures because it shows us that, you know, we're trying to get God's attention. The reality is God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention so that you can hear what he has to say. And that's something that's very important for us to think that, even though we do things to, to seek God, to get closer to God, God's the one actually wanting to do that very same thing. I want to get close to you. I want to talk with you. I want to pour into your life. I want to help you with some life choices. I want to help you with some of these burdens that you're bearing. I want to help you with some of these struggles that you're going through. I want to help you in your finances. There's not an area where God is not available to help us in. And so we don't have to, you know, sometimes we make it difficult. We get caught up in all the motions. And sometimes we've got to be careful of that because it's so easy that, you know, we kind of go through our Christian practices that sometimes we, we kind of do those and we don't give much thought to them. That's part of the reason why we want to bring those offerings there because sometimes we just, yeah, here it is, here it is. No, I'm bringing an offering to God. I, I'm looking for God to see that offering and to help me, and to bless me, and to touch my life. I, I give it as a free will offering. I give it to him, but I want to see it blessed. And that's why also we've been taking that time just to pray over the offering as well, because that's kind of something we lost through COVID, bringing that back. But God wants to get our attention, and he's telling us, call on me. You want his attention? He's looking for your attention. He says, just call, just call. So in closing, you know, I just want to encourage you, you know, get past all the do's and don'ts that we have in, you know, in, in Christianity and really pursue to get in the right relationship with God. Where all these areas that actually do get God's attention, like our giving, our thanksgiving, our obedience, calling on God, that they would just become our, our normal our normal and it does become our normal when our lifestyle is fixed on Christ and in fellowship with him and when we're in that kind of a relationship with him we're talking with him we're having fellowship with him he's ministering to us we're ministering to him it's a really a beautiful beautiful experience and so this morning let's keep pressing in there 
God has some good things. I can tell you we had a minister's meeting here on Tuesday here at the church, and uh, I just asked them, hey, what's going on in your church? Can you tell me a testimony? And so they all went around the circle there and gave testimonies. And what was really encouraging was that I was hearing that there was people were having fresh encounters with God. There were things that were happening that might seem simple to some people, but this was drawing people to Christ. It was drawing people back to Christ, drawing people to start serving the Lord. And I really believe that there's going to be greater manifestations of his presence and of his power in these days and months ahead where God is going to do some great things because we have been coming before him and seeking him. But maybe you're here today and maybe you're feeling that, you know, Pastor, that's all kind of nice and interesting stuff you talked about. But I really don't know God. I really don't, couldn't say that I have a relationship with God. I don't really know what you're talking about when you're talking that God could come and talk with me and I talk with God. I'm not there. Well, there, there is a simple solution there. You just simply call on him. You ask him. You welcome him in your lives. And certainly at the end of this service, we'll be having a time of prayer for anyone to like prayer, and we'd be very happy to, to, to help you uh, in that process of welcoming God in your life. You know, the Bible tells us, Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. And so it's an invitation again to everybody. But we'd be very happy to pray with you through that 